0: No Direction's Gen Con 2019 seminar coverage is brought to you by Roll for Combat's new Fall of Plagestone Pathfinder 2E actual play podcast. Featuring Stephen Glicker, Jason McDonald, Rob Tremarco, and No Direction's own Lauren Sig and Vanessa Hoskins. Find it and other Pathfinder and Starfinder podcasts, interviews, and reviews at rollforcombat.com. No Direction presents our Gen Con 2019 seminar coverage in partnership with Paso. We'd like to thank our seminar team, Lauren Sieg, James Ballad, Vanessa Hoskins, and me, Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param. We'd also like to thank Peyton Smith from Paizo for helping getting this produced. This content and more great seminar coverage, as well as Pathfinder and Starfinder content, is available at nodirectionpodcast.com. Hiya.
1: Hi.
0: It's Gen Con,
2: day 10. No, no, It's a, so it's a it's a geometric sequence, not an arithmetic sequence. Mm-hmm. So it's day one, day three, day six, and day ten.
1: Okay, but what if you show up a couple days before the con starts and you still don't sleep those days?
2: How's day 25 working for you? <laughs> that sounds about accurate, yes. Uh, all, right, all right, so this is the uh, Pathfinder Adventure card game panel. Indeed. indeed. Mm-hmm. And it's Sunday morning, maybe still? Yeah. Afternoon? Uh, it's, it's the afternoon now. Sure, whatever. Uh, Probably by a minute at least. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm Mike Selinker.
3: I'm Linda Zias Palmer, organized play lead developer at Paizo.
1: I'm Keith Richmond, Lone Shark Games.
2: Yay. And we're going to talk about what we just did and then what we're going to do, right? Okay. Mm -hmm
1: a little bit of a freewheeling panel so feel free to interrupt mike whenever you want but seriously don't be too bad to us.
2: <laughs> at this stage of the day there's no chance i have a script mm-hmm. uh, so we're gonna we're gonna try to do as much as we can uh, so uh
3: so speaking of the new release yeah. um how many of you folks have already picked up a core set for yourselves Very shiny.
2: okay <laughs> how many of you have picked up more than ten Oh come on. That that's actually like a real weight. Like yeah. You, you just- yeah. yeah. I
3: know I know you like to talk about how this box is uh is more compact than the it's previous like, boxes. And you, you give that you give that anecdote about uh about brick. uh about falling yeah. boxes and danger to and animal endangerment yep. that you usually give about yep. how the it's safer with this one because it's not gonna fall on you off of shelves.
2: It's still a brick. It's still a brick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And there's there's no shortage of cards in it. And there's no shortage of cards in Crimson Throne, which is quite literally a brick. There's no air in that package. Uh, It is just cards. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, cards and book. But yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, we... we, uh, I mean, the sort of background on this, I think everybody knows, is that we took a little bit of time off after we designed Ultimates uh, to... Rethink exactly what we wanted the Pathfinder Adventure Card game to be Um, Not that it was Not do not being what we wanted it to be at the time, but you know uh, we wanted to Get rid of some of the things that we didn't like and had been dealing with for six or seven years and uh, And we ended up in a pretty good spot where the game feels like it's still the same game We were playing before but just cooler and faster. And so, uh, so the end result is a box called the corset that can accept uh, the um, uh, cards from any other box. So uh, the first box is, uh, do you have the other box with you? I, I don't have okay. the other box, because uh, I, I
1: took all the cards through to and, and
2: Oh, I see, so that's so, okay, so, well. So Speaking Ke- of
3: accepting all the cards yeah, from right. other boxes. So
2: yeah, so Keith has taken all the cards from the box Curse of Crimson Throne, uh, and included them in the base set, which you will then tilt toward the camera and spill all over the floor. yes, that is the plan so be,
1: this is roughly what you know nine hundred and ninety ish cars look like
2: that 's correct mm-hmm.
1: um
3: and you can see that there's extra space in there for more
1: oh yeah,
2: yeah, well, we did that um predominantly because we did not want to decide we we have the opportunity to make adventure paths of any- any size now, so we don 't have to limit ourselves to uh a a set of six adventures just like a regular RPG adventure path. And so so we can make smaller ones, but we can also make bigger ones. Like we could do something, I mean, I'm not saying we will, but we could do something that's twice the size of a previous adventure path. That's true. And just last forever. So, and
3: one thing I really like about the new way that things are structured is that the core set has all of your long swords and your leather armors and things like that. So yeah. then when you're putting out these new adventure paths, you don't have to go back and do those common cards. You can put out cards that are thematic for the adventure itself, and what el- whatever else you need to bring the characters up to those higher levels of play.
2: Yeah, uh, we certainly didn't uh, want to sell you any more healing potions. We were tired of that. We had no reason whatsoever to say, uh, no matter what, you're going to see three long swords in every set that we make forever, because it got real boring, real fast.
1: In, in all fairness, we—I don't think we threw in that many long swords. Eventually, we just—we threw in, you know, uh, falcata. Yeah, and, yeah. We just Palche kept coming up with different yeah. names Kupris for long and, uh, however many names we could think of, and—and and that also was was not really that fun.
2: Yeah. I mean, we we uh, actually ended up in a pretty interesting place here, where we decided not to duplicate pretty much anything. Um. So now there's one long sword in the game forever, which is weird in its own right. Uh, people are like oh good yeah well let me load up on the cure spells no spell singular right uh, you're gonna have to work around that
3: I remember the first game that I was playing with the new set the cleric was saying okay I'm gonna pick up two cure wait there's only one it's like there's only, only, like, one. You know, there's only so, one cure only one. Um, but and then you also have that there is only one of a variety of these story beans these these henchmen and yeah. villains that you're not then printing five, six, seven copies of that same card that you may only use in one or two scenarios, but instead you have the the proxies.
2: True story. Uh, We originally started with that plan when we first did the game, uh, first did the prototype of the game. And we were originally going to do 55 card adventure decks. We're going to be nice and small and cheap and so forth and we couldn't make it work we just couldn't we couldn't get everything we wanted into 55 cards so i went back and i said uh to vic um well i think we're going to have to go to 110 there's no way around it we just can't avoid it he said great that means we can do we can get rid of these proxy cards and we can just make 20 copies of every henchman that you want to put in the game I was like, yeah, but that's not what I, uh, and I was gone, (laughs) I never, and I was like, okay, well, if we ever do this again, I'm I'm gonna do this right. And so, yeah, we, you don't need, you don't need five Rune Warden Giants. You only need one. And so, uh, so yeah, we, uh, we're, we're very happy, I think, with the format of the game now. And it allowed us to, you know, give it a fresh coat of paint. Uh, yeah. Which is good. Um are people out there liking the new look. People having a good time with the way. Yeah. That's exactly. controversial, I know. <laughs> um, we uh, we wanted to to move things around a little bit based on where people's eyes naturally go on the card. Um, having that big art box in the middle of every card uh, basically disrupted the flow of the game because you couldn't actually see the card power uh Very quickly, so we wanted to run it down the side so that you could uh get get a clearer um path uh when you fanned the card you'd have some idea what your card did you know things like that um we made some changes to the uh to uh how certain cards um orient themselves roll cards and character cards now orient themselves the same way as as uh, other cards so you could Shuffle them into decks and things like that without having to worry about things like that. Uh, so um, I don't know. We just really wanted to make some changes, and I think it turned out pretty good.
3: I really like the update with the with the hour. You guys want to talk about that a bit? What you did with the hour?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that's good. So uh, you know, one of the things that that was a very common problem uh, before is that people would forget to to flip over the blessing
2: and forget. They'd forget Eww. to make they'd forget to make the game run them out of cards.
1: Honestly, mm-hmm. Even people who were in no danger of running out of cards were still forgetting and they'd pause and go like hey, but who and so these the cards again. You'd see these elaborate uh things where everyone would point the, the blessing towards you and have this nice chaos symbol in the middle of it and I'm sure there's no rituals involved. Yeah. But um I mean the thing is is you know, you'd have lots of games which so just did not matter. You know, if you happen to have blessings of the god in your deck, then you cared But if you didn't, uh, you know, you really just might not care at all what it was. Uh, And that, you know, clearly that's not that interesting. That's just a a number. You could have a a die that you rotated. Uh, Whereas now, you know, you'll flip that over and go, whoa, you know, I'm going to make sure I heal this turn because I get to heal an extra card or... Okay, maybe I don't want to move because I I might have to you know bury a card if I do, uh, and so you know it it doesn't change every turn, but it changes enough turns that it makes it interesting to see what happens. And so people are a lot better about uh, kind of flipping the the, the hour, uh, which I think has has worked out pretty well. Um, I was listening to to tales of uh, people playing in the open or whatever, and they're like, we had a fantastic series of, of four turns in which the hour perfectly matched what this person wanted to do, and then perfectly matched the next person's turn or the next person. I was like really because you know we only really plan around like maybe one out of five times do you have that kind of amazing thing but it's enough so that you really care uh and they're like oh yeah yeah the rest of the time it was more normal but that that sequence was amazing I was like okay good you know we don't want you to have to stress over the hour but we want you to enjoy when it hits (laughs) statistics are funny (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I, I do math things <laughs> with it's the numbers. Like, yeah, really. Oh,
2: <laughs> something something that happens randomly happened four times in a row. That's that's it, never happened before. It's crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> and,
3: and speaking of doing uh, speaking of doing math things with the numbers, um, there's also the change in the set where uh, you cannot just say have. People play six blessings on the same check
2: to yeah. guarantee a success. we Talk
1: about controversial changes. It, 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 it is technically <laughs> possible to still play six blessings. Yeah, it's
2: really have difficult. To all be mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we. So this was. We knew. We knew that we were basically taking a sword and pointing it at our own stomachs with this change, yeah. but uh, it was so necessary. I would see people drop seventy-two points on a. On a villain check, and so like, who is actually having fun when they do that? I know you say you're having, but <laughs> who's actually having fun when you're doing it? Right, and so it's like, no, what if the end of the game actually was was uh, had some tension in it? Was I okay? Would you be all right with that? So yeah, there's enough pull, enough tugs on the game that we wanted to make that we're just let's make this thing actually scare you a little bit.
3: Yeah, and I think combined together with the way that um, with the way that when you when you um, close a location, it's it's not there anymore, so people don't have to spend the time moving to that next place and to are, do things. And
2: are channeled into whatever fireball is coming their way. Yeah. Well,
3: you know, but but armor is stronger in the new set, Armor's too. Armor is
2: stronger, and uh, Avenge is a new mechanic that also helps out quite a bit, where uh, what, what Avenge's great value is that it doesn't necessarily cost you the turn that uh, the... Player who rolled three ones on their uh, their their uh, check to defeat uh, would have cost you, uh, but at the cost of your own cards. So you might run yourself out of life. Uh, so there's a lot of, uh, lot of little new uh, tugs on different aspects of the game that I think overall will be very positive. Uh, you know, you will find out what people think.
3: Yeah. So, you mentioned Avenge, and I imagine the people who have had a chance to pick up the course that already know what that yeah. is, and you apply, but can you be a little clearer about what Avenge does and how a, it works?
2: when a character fails to defeat a Bane uh, at your location, you may bury a card to take another whack at it.
1: And some characters can do it a little cheaper, like Valoros. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And so, what it means is that there's some value to staying together because you can, you can support each other in this regard. Um, but, of course we took that into account when we designed all the things that hurt everybody at a location. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. you In know, what way? Yeah, well, <laughs> we just knew it would happen more often. <laughs> so, uh, so we just said, all right, what if, uh, what if this thing just, just, uh, hurt everybody at this location every turn and you'd be like, okay, well, I, maybe we won't avenge here. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think anybody who's seen us do things uh, to, to disrupt their fun uh, with pain uh, has ample reason to curse our names in these two sets, and that's exactly where we like to live.
1: I, I think uh, you know one thing we there are some people who didn't feel necessarily challenged by some of the previous sets for whatever reason. Uh, and so we really wanted to to give them an opportunity to feel challenged if they want to. Um, but we also threw in kind of a lot of knobs you can turn to make the game more difficult or easier uh, so you can kind of find your own game. Uh, I've you know I've played with people who uh, you know basically are like, oh, uh, you know I, I just haven't failed to check against a bane in in three uh, sessions and like okay. That's not a a good thing. That's that's just you're you're overcompensating there. So let's uh, let's set you on legendary, and you know all kinds of horrible things will happen to you, and come back to me and see how it goes. And they're like, oh, we we still won, but that was close. i was like, okay, great. That is the right tier of difficulty for you.
2: I'm actually curious because we played a bunch of games on legendary, but have like people actually actually played it uh, in the wild? Oh, yeah. I haven't
3: dared
2: Legendary yet myself. Yeah. Has anybody tried it? Okay, so basically there's three difficulties. The NHL system. I made that acronym up. Uh, uh, But it was basically normal, heroic, and legendary. Heroic is like, okay, sure. Things are like there's a little cloud overhead. It's it's still a sunny day, but there's a cloud overhead, and it's just like that could turn to rain. We better keep our eye on it, right? Legendary is... There's a cloud overhead, but also an earthquake every five minutes. And uh, and that, I think, uh, I mean, I've played it, we've played it, and we've succeeded at it and stuff like that. But but I literally don't know if anybody in the real world has tried it yet because it looks so intimidating. Oh,
1: no, no. I, I actually know a bunch of people who do it. Yeah? The, the- not, uh, not just our playtesters? Not just our playtesters. Okay, okay, some of them are definitely our playtesters. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but but I mean like even after the game came out, they were still playing it. Um, there's a, a group uh, online that's going through all of uh, core on legendary mode as a challenge, and they're they're like telling the you know person who's helping them out, they're like, no, we want this to be as hard as possible, so we're not going to pick any easy uh, things. Just do it random, and we'll we'll get smacked by it. Um, but, you know, these are the, the same people who, uh, you know, were like, oh, I like to solo adventures because, right. you know, why not?
2: Right. <laughs> it reminds me of the time that um, when I got the Obsidian app, Pathfinder Adventures, uh, uh, and I, I love that app so much. I, I decided I wanted to play all the characters, So, but I would never bring a character back to life, right? So sure. I just wanted to see how long it would take me to kill everyone. And... Uh, and, you know, trying as hard as I could. I made it through all the way through normal, right? And then I got into heroic, and at first scenario, I killed two characters right out of the game. And I was like, oh, this doesn't look good. And then I got through, and I killed another one, and another one, and another one. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm down to, like, four characters. Uh, and I got into legendary with only those four characters remaining running a four-person party. And then I was running a three-person party. And then I was running a two-person party. And then I wasn't playing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because it was just like... So, I mean, we kept that spirit alive. If you liked playing Legendary on in Pathfinder Adventures, then I think you will get a fairly similar experience mm-hmm. here. So
3: there's the difficulty knob, and there's also. Oh, did you have one where you wanted to say on difficulty?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but, no, no, go ahead. I was going to leap off of the whole dying thing. but Oh, uh, the whole dying thing. Well, let's please, talk about dying. On the dying thing. So. so, uh, so Mike's preferred uh, method of, of playing Pathfinder is that if a character dies, you don't play that character anymore. And you rip that character. Up. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's just it's gone forever. Uh, and and honestly, we made a lot
2: of characters. Like, why is this so bad? We made like 180 characters, right? If I tell you to rip up 22 character cards over the course, you still got 158 of them to play with. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that, that, that is a, a kind of more hardcore legacy mode of play. Uh, but a lot of people don't really like. There. I'm some sort of monster. Uh, Uh, Well, that is true, but I don't know if that's actually connected. Um, But, you know, it turns out that not everybody likes that. In fact, some people, uh, you know, aren't even a big fan of having to replay a scenario if they fail it. So, you know, everyone's got their, their... uh, kind of spectrum there, but uh, one thing we threw in was uh, these new hero points. Yeah. Um, they are uh, you know, a reward that you get from most scenarios. They let you, if you want, spend it in order to get a feat, and you get to choose the order that you get your feats in, card, skill, and uh, power now. Um, but should you keep them, uh, you have an option to use them for rerolls, or should you die, you can spend all of your remaining hero points uh, to not be dead. The original
2: uh, draft of this... From my friend Keith Richmond over here. Oh. Yeah. Was spend one hero point to come back. Well, in, in all fairness... And I, I was like, this that's a bullet in the head today. Well, this was
1: before we let you spend hero points for feet, so you were really only really getting, like, one per adventure. Yeah. But I was just like, no, it's all of them. Yeah. Well... Once we, we kind of switched over to getting a hero point for everything, it actually made it really nice because you could hoard them or, or not as you usual fit, but you're, there's no reason to have seven hero points. You, know, you should spend them. Uh, once we made them a re-roll, people would say, well, I'm not going to spend them because they're the way I stop death. I'm not going to spend them on something casual. Uh, and I was like, okay, let's make it so you can spend them on something casual and not feel bad about it. Uh, and I think that actually worked out a lot better.
2: Definitely, I've definitely used a bunch of hero points that way.
3: And I think it's interesting too that um both the Adventure Card Game and Pathfinder 2nd Edition have the you can spend one hero point to reroll or you can spend all your hero points to come back from death.
1: So so it, yeah it turns out we actually ended up in these these places independently mm-hmm. uh and uh, we, we
2: were calling we, them saves to be Yeah, with, we 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 didn't, we we didn't we didn't think we were going to model that at all. We were, yeah. we just wanted to do something different and they ended up in the exact same place. Yeah.
1: No, it, so we were uh, working on this before we'd actually seen the, the draft for the new rules. Uh, and so we, we turned some stuff over to Vic and we're like, here's our idea and here's what we want to do with it. And we're calling them saves. And he's like, no, they're hero points. And we're like, okay, I mean, why? And he's like, because that's what they are in the uh, in Pathfinder 2. And we're like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, that was uh, Honestly, it was kind of fun to to see that kind of independent development path on, on both sides getting you know, solving the same problem for, for the two games. Uh, I mean, unless Pathfinder 2 stole it from us because we clearly did it for oh, absolutely, that's
2: been great from the beginning because we, uh, we were six months ahead essentially of Pathfinder 2, and so we got to cross our arms and say, You need to be done with this now because it's going in the card game, and uh, and so the canonical example of this is the character Fumbus um, who uh, uh, <laughs> was uh, was did not have a name for a long time. Uh, we just knew he was going to be the alchemist that was a goblin. And so I rolled in and said, hey guys, uh, this character is now officially named Gobble McBoomy if you don't name him by Monday. Yeah. <laughs> and uh sure enough he got himself a perfectly functional name because nobody wanted gobble mcboomy in the game <laughs> still might do a promo character called gobble McBoomy someday.
3: yeah
1: so, <laughs> i'm I'm pretty sure i still have a line in the spreadsheet where i was just like oh mm, Goblin who blows stuff up yeah exactly mm-hmm. um yeah no it was actually it, interesting uh before we actually had access to the rules and the rest of it you know i'd, I'd go to vic and i'd be like please tell us anything major that's changed you know if all dwarves have regeneration now, or there are no halflings. Nobody liked them, anyways. Aww. <laughs> but okay. no, seriously. Uh, you know, we were just like, we need to know major things, and he would tell us like, oh, you know, Harsk uses axes more than crossbows now, or at least mixes things up. Uh, Valoros actually has a shield, and we were like, really? Oh, not as if I just designed a really cool extra swords Valoros that I. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, we <laughs> <laughs> um. But no, that, it was actually uh, kind of an interesting constraint, being like, okay, seriously, what has changed? Okay, we're, we're, we're good now. Um, I don't know if we you know, we have Seal of the Paladin, but the Pathfinder 2 has champions, one of our type of witches' paladins. I don't know if we ever really considered that option, it, no, honestly, I, if anyone even said anything. We
2: definitely did not have the final version of the core book when we had to put this thing to bed, which we really would have liked quite a bit, but there was just no time. Time travel was not available.
3: I mean, she's still a paladin. It's still true. Absolutely. Mm
2: -hmm. um, The uh, the other big change in the game is the addition of randomized scenarios, which harkens back to the actual creation date of the Pathfinder Adventure Card Game. When I said, "Yeah, but I'm I'm writing Diablo right now," right? I like I played Diablo. uh, I played. I ended up being the creative director at Dungeons & Dragons that created all the Diablo crossover products. And when it came time to write a card game, I was like, I want a card game that's like Diablo. I want to go find random things and have them pop out and stuff like that. And so, but we never made random scenarios, which is weird because basically every everything in Diablo is random. Uh, and so Keith came up with a bunch of different, styles of games that were essentially derivatives of scenarios that only appeared once or twice yeah i mean in the but then could just become things people could play all the time
1: yeah i i basically had a few templates from things i'd done uh for organized play or yeah uh you know working on corn curse and it was like I, I want to have some kind of chase, and I honestly had like four options. It was like, we'll go with this one, or uh, you know, we've very uh, we've actually several times done two villains, and you know, you have to deal with both. And I was like, well, why can't anyone else share in that fun? Um, you know, thinking about the the you know, he's calling them random scenarios. Uh, I sometimes also refer to them as procedurally generated. Mm. The, the idea is that they can be random, uh, but you can also just go in and choose. You, know, you can say, well, I really feel like fighting some dragons and some elementals because I just want to get hit by lots of splash damage. Um, who doesn't? In these locations. Uh, and you might do that just because of, you know, you just want an easy or hard or, or whatever kind of scenario you want. Um, but one of the things I really wanted was to kind of empower people who have played uh, their own campaigns, their own adventures, or other ones published by by Pi Zone, you know, you really want to play this uh, adventure path that we just haven't gotten to because infinite time also not available. Um, but uh, you know, you can say, okay, these are the the villains and, and henchmen that are in my particular story. These are the locations. Let me do it up, and I think that's a, a good option. So I'm actually really looking forward to, to seeing uh, people post those in forums and the like. I've seen a, like three or so so far, uh, and it's been very. You know,
2: nice I'm looking forward to next year's Pathfinder open where we tell you to generate the scenario yourself uh, right I, I mean, so, so I, you I, have to write your own flavor text Oh, that's I see, step I see. one right you have to write a story uh, uh, then you have to do illustrate it. Uh, you know stick figures are fine yeah. mm-hmm. can we do that? Uh, well, well <laughs> so,
1: so, so good news and bad news we, we could do that but I don't know that they'd ever ask us to write an open again
2: so <laughs> okay so we're already in the positives yeah yeah okay. <laughs> uh, but I,
1: know.
2: I, I, I have People some
3: like those I know
2: I know but we're always like oh right. Gen Con <laughs> we should really come up with something like that's every year <laughs> it, it is uh, that
1: said uh, Jen actually has some some uh, great ideas for how to uh, avoid that problem and yeah. that she's already working on the yeah, next yeah. open yeah, no, uh, really like great. over there while also running the finish of the open um, speaking of the open because we've said that word like 12 times now mm-hmm. uh, the the final rounds of the opener are, are yeah, happening we don't, we during don't the middle a... of this panel. Mm-hmm. Um, we
2: don't know what what's going down, so we'll report it at the end, I guess.
1: Well, yeah, I don't I don't know if we'll we'll know who's actually won because they they might yeah. not be done till yeah. two or something. So,
3: yeah. um, so the open is a cooperative competitive event where teams of players are working to try to score as many points as they can through performing excellently in the challenges that they face so when you're when you're coming to design and open what's different about making it open versus making a standard scenario uh,
1: a, a few things there uh, you know, one of them is that you want to have uh, p- plenty of opportunities for for people to kind of show off their knowledge. That is to say, you want you know teams to be able to say, oh, I know how to use these combinations of cards, I know how to pick the right feats. Uh, so you want to give them that opportunity to say, okay, this sets me apart from someone who's just showing up randomly. Uh, the other one is that it has a scoring system because we need to be able to differentiate between teams. Uh, you sometimes uh, you know you randomly get a set where it's like, okay, half the teams are, are not advancing. Uh, thankfully, only half the team succeeded, so that other half isn't coming in. And that works out uh, some of the time but fairly often it comes down to just a a few points here and there depending on how well one did or how quickly or whether they did uh, we put in a lot of secondary objectives that you get extra points for. so the one that they're, they're doing over there now, like uh, the team uh, that is currently in the lead is only in the lead because they gathered a lot of boons. Uh, and the, uh, the idea is that they're working for the Pathfinder Society and Pathfinder Society is like, ooh, shiny thing. We have to come back and study this. So you get extra points for every single boon you require. Um, and so they they really dove in on that. I've, I've never seen a, a Valoros come out of a scenario and be like, oh, yeah, I got 11 boons myself. And you're like, Valoros? Okay, <laughs> sure. You know, just find all the weapons. But... Um, That's that's pretty nice. Uh, The other thing is that we we set the difficulty level higher. Um, Mm -hmm. I I I I think I said
2: I set the bar two years ago, right? We set the bar with the vampire scenario. Oh
1: no, the the first one was was well, yeah, that was, (laughs) but the first one was way too much work. Uh, But uh, yeah, no, I I think that um, you know. I feel bad for people who just randomly show up to play, um, but uh, people who know what they're going to aim for, you know, that, that really sets the metal. It's like, oh, you know, this is a pretty normal scenario, except you have an extra location, and also you're going to be taking extra damage, and oh, you have to bury three of your cards at the start. And it's like, okay, <laughs> ready. Let the
2: beatings commence. And this, um, year, this year, I think for the first time, we actually laid out the open. Yeah, oh yeah. So we're yeah. actually going to be able to put it online that people can play it at home. Yeah, yeah.
3: It was laid out. Uh, it was laid out last year, but then it didn't end up getting released. Yeah, it, it of So yeah, yeah that would be very good to it'll uh, be, have
2: it. It'll be good. I think it's a good open. Jen did a great job. I think it's people are really going to like it. Yeah.
1: No, I, I, I'm I'm hopeful that the, the opens will will make it out into the wild more than they have. I'm in the just past.
2: like really excited that we can do these really short scenario adventure uh, paths and stuff like that. We did this uh, one uh four we heroes, the four goblin heroes, and they are super fun to play in this little adventure path, uh where you just have two two scenarios in there, one of which kind of branches. And uh it's it's really fun and you, you do so and then you realize we gave you roll cards uh you know for those characters. You can play them forever. And they're really good characters. Like they're they're really fun to play. So you get these sort of opportunities to Try something out uh, with something that we give you and then you know maybe it becomes your favorite thing after that so I I really like what we did there I like this open I think it's gonna be some good stuff so
3: So, uh, uh, another source of adventures that don't appear in the core set is the Pathfinder Adventure Card Society and that's what you'll see a lot of people playing over in the Sagamore Ballroom the Adventure Card Society comes out with a new full season, so it'll have enough for, it's basically the same amount of adventures that you would find in the Curse of the Crimson Throne box, the one through six, you'll find that amount of adventure content each season in the Adventure Card Society Um, but what uh, Mike was talking about here with the potential for shorter adventures um, we're also exploring that this season so um, right around the the turn of the year in the December to January period we have uh, an adventure coming out And I haven't really talked about what's going on with that one yet, but um, this one came about in part because this year's season is called the, the Year of Rotting Ruin for the Adventure Card Society. So it's about coming in to a land that has just suddenly been devastated by an undead assault. And your characters are the ones who are in a city, hearing that the capital to the north has just been blown up, and the refugees are pouring in. And you're the heroes that step up to save the day. Um, so when Year of Rotting Ruins name came out, um, abbreviated YORR, um, people didn't know what it was. And so on the Slack, someone said, "Well, is it the Year of the Ro? Like Scooby Doo?" And so. In a very tiny way, it is because we do have um, that adventure that is coming out. That one, that adventure that just has four scenarios in it. It has sort of a a Scooby-Doo-like caper in it. So we don't have a title for that yet, but that is the theme that we have going into a going into a presumably haunted manor and discovering its secrets and what may be hiding behind the painting.
2: Should be great yeah uh we're just, we, so much now is is in the new sets of drawn from what we did in organized play especially what these two did in organized play, and so there's really no line between the base sets and organized play anymore like it's just you know there's there's trappings like you get some chronicle sheets. Mm-hmm. And you get to in, you get to do some extra bureaucracy. Um, that's, it's, not, that's... it's not
3: that bad. The reporting the reporting online now is is just did you die? Click this box if you die. How, what, how high level were you at the end? Okay, good.
2: Great.
3: And uh, yeah, so the reporting online is a lot simpler. Sure. And what you're talking about in terms of being able to play them together, um, there are rules now for receiving credit for your Pathfinder Adventure Card Society characters for all of the adventures in the core set and the Curse of the Crimson Throne box including the Adventure Builder that Keith was talking about before. So Build Your Own Adventure is also now available for um, organized play as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just like we had this bright line where we always viewed the organized play as, uh, well, basically two things. The first was that it was where our experienced players went so we could do weirder, harder, more complicated things. But it also sort of became where people introduced to the game. And so those two things were completely in conflict with each other. And so I just said, no, wait a minute. Let's just make organized play scenarios and base corset set scenarios the same thing. Let's give them the same footprint. Let's make them have the same kind of rewards, all that kind of stuff with, you know, where we needed to make exceptions we made some some exceptions for for making the administration and the longevity of the organized play campaigns work. But fundamentally, they're the same. And uh we, you know, every time somebody on the team said something like, Well, that's organized play, it works differently, I would just say, Not anymore, it doesn't. And I held that line as far as I could. Uh so now you when you play uh a game, you get credit for it. That's it. Um, there's no reason you shouldn't report playing the Pathfinder adventure card game every time you play
3: Yeah we have short free documents online that um, that Keith produced I believe that was you who created those
1: uh, yeah yeah
3: that that basically just tell you here's here's the few extra corner cases to clear up just so that you just so that you know how all this works particularly if you're if you're jumping in in the middle and organized play as opposed to playing all the way through. So an organized play, you might hypothetically, and with the box, you might expect people are gonna play in order, they're gonna play if they're one, then two, then three. Whereas an organized play, you may have a group that played one and two in some other adventure and then is jumping into three. Right, so right. it gives you some, some extra guidance for how to do that sort of thing. But it's very minor.
2: Yeah, predominantly the changes are in the reward structure because we couldn't avoid it. We didn't know what we can tell you to go through um, the scenarios in order in the base set. We can't do it anywhere else. Um, Um,
1: Or Harrow's was uh, one of the differences where, in theory, when you're going through Curse, uh, normally you're like, okay, for this entire adventure, I am the rabbit prince, and I get benefits when I get to play it. Whereas for organized play, we don't even know who's showing up at the table. So you could have a table that shows when, like, three of us are the rabbit prince. We're going to fight over this one card. So we had to draw it every scenario. Yeah, exactly. Mm
2: Exactly. So... Um, but yeah, I, I'm very happy with that change. I think that's probably the the best thing we did in the entire set was to just make sure that when you are playing it, you are you feel like you're part of a an, a society of people playing it wherever it is you play.
3: I also really like the uh, the options we talked about. The options for difficulty, the options for length have been super useful. Um, so yeah, I don't
2: know much about it. Are people playing short scenarios?
3: I am yeah. every Tuesday at lunch. Okay, cool.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, is that a reportable thing?
1: So, at the moment, the society doesn't allow it. Although I'd actually like it, too, personally. Yeah. I, so, uh, you know, if Linda also likes it, I suspect. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's that. That's that going to
3: be that's going to be something to explore, um, in terms of how many levers we were introducing. It was introducing the lever of sanctioning, introducing the yeah. lever of creating scenarios, introducing the lever of yeah. adding difficulty. It's, it's more of a you know, gradual change in addition so that it's not so overwhelming for people and they can recognize, you know, this is fundamentally... It's the same, it's the same fundamental game with revisions and it's the same fundamental program with additions. Yeah. But it's not so much to all pick up at once. yeah
1: mm-hmm. um, But yeah, for, for those who don't know, the, the fast uh, version of the game is you, you have a smaller uh, hourglass, less blessings in it, uh, but you have small locations because we now have small you know, normal and large locations. Uh, so that lets us, you know, for people who really like a longer game or more difficult game, they can have more Boons and Banes in. And for those who want a quicker one, because they're playing on lunch, which is absolutely the the format we're looking for here, is being able to play on a lunch break, mm-hmm. being in play between convention slots. Um, you know, one of the, the very first things we tested it was, uh, I think, sitting at PAX Unplugged with... Uh, Hawkmoon from the forums and a few other people and just being like, okay, we've got an hour. Let's get one done. And it works. <laughs>
2: I'm very yeah. happy with that. Uh, okay, so um, what else? We, I mean, do we have one? Turn it over to questions? Yeah. Do you have
3: anything else? I mean, to we comment? should
2: probably say, actually, before we get there, we should probably say um, that's what we have so far. That is, we are not working on a hidden base set that we haven't told you about. We're, we're actually wanting to see how this set plays in the environment. Um, we have, we know what we want to do after this point, but we, we literally have stopped to get a few months of data of how people, how fast people consume it, what, whether they go down the rabbit hole of these, these buildable scenarios, whether they, they, uh, play with short locations and stuff like that. So, so we're, uh, in what I think is the only lull we've ever had on the Pathfinder Adventure card game, specifically because we asked for it. Right? We just wanted some time where we could assess what people were doing and then when we pick up the next thing that we're gonna do, uh we'll have a much stronger understanding of what we what we wanna make.
1: Um I mean we we have that little partially because we we dumped Depending on whether you include organized play or not, like 50 scenarios when
2: people are. Correct. Placed. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> not correct. counting the builders. You should, you should not have any trouble finding something to do. Yeah. Uh, that's that's very clear. Uh, do we have questions? Do people. If you have any questions, feel free to come up to the microphone. Podcast on Twitch there. If you like you're not able to get them, I can bring the microphone to you. Super great. Oh, may ask? Think of something.
3: <laughs> I mean,. We could keep talking
2: if no one has any questions, but we wanted to give yep. you a chance to sure. sure, sure um let's see what if we're if we're uh thinking of things on our own um what uh well, all right let's 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 have this one um you've now seen e f2 right
1: yeah, yeah I, I got to play it a, a few times this
2: weekend right um what did you see in it that made you go, oh, I want to put that in the game?
1: Um oh jeez a, a few things uh you know i i I haven't uh, uh done any real design because I, I also haven't done a lot of sleep yeah uh but uh no i i I'm very curious to see how things go the the kind of uh, structure of their uh venture is a little bit different they they've kind of separated out the kind of exploration from the the combat and the rest of it Uh, I don't know if there's there's things we can take from that Mm -hmm. Um, they they care a lot more about using skills uh, to bypass things which uh, fits with kind of the model that we were already doing Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a there's kind of a, a partial success factor there where you know like one of the adventures we were uh trying to stop uh people who were inside a carriage from dying and so we had to do various things to to get them out but you know each thing we did might get one or maybe two people out depending on if there's a success or a crit mm-hmm. success um have a concept of crit success, which is anything you succeed by ten, uh, which is actually not a mechanic we haven't explored before. Mummy's mass definitely, definitely knew if yep. you succeeded by Absolutely. ten, usually in a bad way. Um, and
3: but yeah. it's also those those ones where if you succeed by four or more, then it doesn't shuffle back into the location. For
2: yeah. example, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah the uh, the the sheer weight of the core rulebook. Uh, intimidates me a little bit even though we make giant box games but uh, but I started flipping through it because uh, I I'd read I'd read I've, I've read like five versions of the core rule book um, but the but not recently like not at the point where they actually locked it down yeah. and uh, and so the um, the just the sort of watching the changes in how every single character Class now has like thirty-five new versions of itself. Yeah. Right. Like you can you can build a different kind of wizard or fighter way easier than you could before. Oh yeah. It means that we're gonna just be able to go in and just make up every possible character that we want. And actually, that's a real. Was uh, real...
1: not that we weren't doing that already? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: but we were mostly. But to be fair, we were mostly making it up as we went along. Like it's we true. would occasionally grab uh, a name of an archetype or something like that, but but quite often we're just like, I got a mechanic and I don't know what to call it. Somebody find me something. Uh but uh, this looks a lot more rich. This looks like there's a lot more going on right up front in the rule book. Um so I'm I'm looking forward to that. And one of the things we're like very interested in is how much of this uh stuff that we've made in the past, we feel like we have to make again, right? Sure. Like now we've finally done every single iconic character and they seem to have stopped making them uh, um, for a while, maybe. Until next know. year? Yeah, exactly. So like do we go back and do we do, you know, Enora and and Elaine and, and all those characters in the current version or do we just say those are those characters there? We leave them alone for a while and make up new um, yeah, and I think that
1: honestly probably depends a lot on on what the audience is looking for there. Um, you know, we did a version of Anora fairly recently, and that she was in an ultimate deck, but Elaine never appeared other than Wrath of the Righteous. So, yep. you know, if, <clears throat> if uh, Cavalier is something that people really want, uh, we don't know that. Um, you sure. know, I'm sure people would accept it because people will will happily take more characters, more ventures. But um, I don't know what their their top picks are. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, you know, some of those uh older characters, you know, there's lots of people who are like, "Oh, uh I don't know that I need a totally different one, but uh can you do a version that's just a little bit more core, you know?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and that that's something that we've we've talked yeah, about. Yeah, the like uh, al- the, alchem-
2: the alchemist and the witch just took a big true. big meat hooked uh to them with core. Like some character classes weren't touched at all, but Most. man, I want to start the witches over. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to start the Alchemist. So, I mean, now I have a base Alchemist I can start from. right? Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, not that the Witch Deck isn't still fun. I really like playing with the flesh puppets and all that stuff in it. But, but I have to do so much conversion in my head that um, it's not as much fun for me. And
3: as far as the conversion, people can find those conversion documents. That's right.
2: Yeah. And so, like, on
3: yeah. On the um, Pathfinder Adventure Card Game page, there's a link in the bottom to a list of. Conversion, so if you have something and you want to bring it up into using the core rules and it wasn't with those in the mind in the beginning, that'll show you how
1: to do it.
2: Yeah, most of the characters came through fine. The, uh, you know, it was like one change on Flinta, you know, and one change on Raheli, and that's it, right? But but uh, some of those characters took a beating.
3: So we have a question? Yes.
1: I do have a question. Uh, for um, Is Pathfinder Adventures going to take the same course as the card game has as far as going with this new
2: format? Oh, Oh, we don't know. Oh, no, okay. We know very little about what will happen. So, um, so Obsidian, uh, the game became distributed by Asmodee's digital arm. Uh, Asmodee's digital arm has a lot of stuff on it. I mean, like, and so uh, it's it's all about them and their priorities. And we we'd love to see what they want to do next. Um, we expect it's not that big a deal to. For them to transition, if they decide to transition in core, but we we just don't know. Yeah, yeah. Do we
3: have any other questions? Looks like we're running out of time now.
2: Oh, nope. there you go. No, yeah, we, no got, okay. we, got, we got we got like three minutes. <laughs> so going on from the the microphone. Oh, he took it
1: away. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. So, building on what you're talking about with the uh,
1: class decks, are there going to be more class decks, or maybe? Additional characters that you could use with the older class decks.
2: I mean we have a desire to There's a big pro- process going on right now that really isn't being done by us at all Which is sort of a big cleanup pass Right the so that you can have you don't have to go back to the conversion documents You can use the the and and so some people online are really helping to make that a reality And so that's step one Um I mean we have lots of character ideas we have lots of lots of deck ideas that are just sitting there that we you know we when we decided to make ultimates and decided to make uh, the psychic decks the occult decks and such we also had like 50 other deck ideas as well right and so they're still sitting on our hard drive and and uh, we're we're I'm sorry nothing sits on our hard drive anymore they all sit in the cloud (laughs) Uh, but But, um, they're all there waiting to, you know, I mean, we're still going to be making stuff well into the future, right? So, but I don't know if they're going to be class decks. Like, that's the, one of the big questions is, did we kind of come up with all of the variations of that sort of, uh, propulsion upward? Right? So yeah, we could redo them, you know, with different different layouts, obviously, but but you know, we really did get uh like the Magus deck, for example, was one of those where we're like, we just do not have an arcane uh warrior deck. We've gotta make one, right? And we, yep. we checked off every single box we had for what was necessary to to find a deck so that Keith in every in every uh, OP scenario, says says you can play blank from the blank fr- with the blank from the blank. Oh yeah, right. Uh, all those things are being filled out or pretty yeah. close to filled
1: out. Try, try to throw in a few unlocks per venture. The, the at this point, I'm just getting a little weird with it, partially because. Uh, Tyler Beck, uh, who's kind of one of our, uh, we'll say strong contributors, uh, made this, this crazy uh, display where it shows every single class deck and every character you can play off it, and they all interlink, uh, and it turns out that if I just make weird ones now, it throws the whole thing to disarray. So that that, that just sounds that. fun. Yeah, you so, gotta do that. it's to troll Tyler, then? Uh, yeah,
3: basically.
1: Well, okay, except he, <laughs> except he loves it. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, there's, you know, I think there's there's more things we can do in terms of making uh, kind of class deck options. Like, you know, we we now let you swap in core cards if they're the same name. I think we're gonna explore that a, a little more thoroughly. Um, there's, uh, I actually want to make class decks out of the core and curse cards. Yeah, uh, we're gonna do that. Yeah, so, we're, gonna, so we're gonna do that. Basically, the the, the delay on that is just been making sure that all of them playable. But the idea is that you'll uh, kind of divide the box into some buckets and you'll take probably two of those buckets per character, and they'll say okay you use lots of melee weapons and armor and you use support spells and poof now you have a class deck um and so that'll give acs a ton more options for Oracle's yeah, play.
2: yeah that, that's definitely happening um mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i we we just blew up our form factor so suggesting that we're going to go back to any specific element of our form factor just doesn't doesn't isn't something that we want to lock in, we want to say what is the right way to display what we're trying to do and we'll come up with something new and cool, I'm sure. Oh,
1: and we had that one experiment with Weebe Heroes, we tossed four characters in on a single page and just said, does this work for you? Yeah. Well, we can mm-hmm. put character sheets, we'll yeah. have Dropbox, uh, sorry, a drive-through for printing them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, All just right. let us know.
3: Alright, I think that's just about time.
2: Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thank you all for coming.
3: Thank you for watching on Twitch.
0: All right, let's go find out what's going on in the open. Yeah. (laughs) And we're back with the panel coverage for Gen Con 2019. That was the Pathfinder Adventure Card Game Panel. And joining me... I'm
1: Keith Richmond from Lone Shark Games. I'm the lead in all of our organized play and uh, Curse the Crimson Throne and pretty much everything that's Pathfinder card games.
0: Now, I know that when people think of Pathfinder and the Organized Play comes to mind, um, for people who aren't familiar with how Organized Play works for the card game, can you give us a quick intro and why people should get involved?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, we can't make uh, you know a new uh, set of cards uh, every month or so, but it turns out that PDFs are far cheaper to produce, uh, and so we, you know, can put out an additional 30 or so scenarios per year that you use a box you already have. Um, so uh, if you are willing to pay a very small amount or go to a store and work with a venture captain or something like that, uh, you can play uh, two or, or three times as many scenarios with the box that you already own. Um, basically, uh, I've made, I think, 150 or so organized play scenarios. Uh, so I think that there's, there's more than enough to play there um, should you have exhausted your boxes.
0: In a lot of ways, uh, some of the way the organized play was handling those scenarios, kind of influenced uh, how the adventures were designed in the second version of the game.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, one thing that the, the new version of the game does is it lets us provide a lot more flavor text and development text, and that's that's purely taken from organized play, uh, where we wanted to be able to tell, tell a new story, so we had to be able to provide the details, um, but we're not constrained to putting everything on a little card, and so we can put all that information in there. And it also gives us honestly more room for scenario rules. Uh, before we had a very small uh, box and so now we can say, Oh, we can do something really complicated here and hopefully that's okay. Um, but it you know, it lets us do, you know, infinitely more things.
0: Now here at uh Pisa, not Python here at Gincon we have seen a lot of the OP room full. Have you been working with the card players in OP here?
1: So, uh, I haven't actually been uh, running Bucks there, but I've been keeping uh, you know, close track and checking on the, the status of the, the open tournament. Uh, I know uh, several of those players, and honestly, uh, our testers are, are some of uh, organized plays, uh, kind of most stalwart mm-hmm. uh, people. Um, so, yeah, we're, I'm very deeply embedded into the organized play uh, kind of culture there.
0: Yeah. And the new version of the game launched at Pazocon. Indeed. Um, and here we are at GenCon again. How do you think, how do you see, how have players reacted to the new version?
1: Honestly, in, in terms of uh, the, the new rules, the scenarios and stuff, I, I've actually seen uh, overwhelmingly positive responses. Um, you know, people sit down and they're like, oh, this is, this is new and different, and oh, wow, that's really cool. So I, I've been extremely happy with, with the responses, you know, there's that initial kind of, okay, I'm doing something different. Hopefully people don't mind, but very happy. Excellent. Now I know that June's comes wrapping up. Did you have a great con? <laughs> I did have a great con. Uh, I, I think I'm going to have another 20 or so hours of it, but oh, gosh. Uh, you know, the doors closed, but uh, we, we keep doing things. <laughs> Excellent.
0: All right. So we've got one more panel coming up. It's going to be the Starfinder beginner box panel. Uh, we'll be doing that in just a few minutes. And remember to have your questions ready. When they call for questions, we will be taking questions from the chat and directing them to the panelists. Until next time, I'm Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Parent. I'm Keith Hrishman from Loan Check Craigs. Thank yeah. you very much. And we con and you can't. And that was part of No Direction's 2019 Gen Con seminar coverage in partnership with Paizo. If you'd like to find more great content like this, go to nodirectionpodcast.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon supporters for making content like this possible. If you would like to support the network and see that future content is created, you can do so at patreon.com slash nodirection or click on the Patreon link at nodirectionpodcast.com.